Welcome, one and all, to episode 145 of the original Draft Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Cox. With me tonight, my co-host, Justin Higdon. Justin, we are through the college football all-star circuit, and now it's on to the NFL Combine. We got the Combine list um, in hand, but we're not going to talk about that right now. No, we got to review this Senior Bowl, some of the Shrine game, and just look at you know what these guys did uh, to really help start the process of, of creating the tiers of prospects in the 2022 NFL draft. Yeah, it's uh, the, after I sent Seth uh, over the show sheet, the combine invite list came out, but I didn't really think there was any snubs to talk about this week as far as like making a whole show of it. So maybe I'll, I'll throw something up on the Patreon, but to me, there really weren't any uh, any surprises when it came to the combine invites. So I thought, you know, like you said, Seth, I think it's best to wrap up the senior bowl and what we kind of take away from that, because that was a big event. There were, there was just a lot of um, crossover, a lot of chaos over the last couple of weeks when it came to the all-star games. And just uh, a lot of players really acquitted themselves, uh, you know, in a positive manner. And, and uh, then some others, maybe not so much, you know. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to do some quick takes and uh, just kind of see where we landed. I, I asked Seth a series of questions. I didn't tell him my answers to these things. Um, if you want some like in-depth, more in-depth uh, position by position, check out the Rise Up See Red podcast this week. Uh, Seth and I talked to uh, Jess Root, who is Seth's co-host on that show. And we went more in depth, like player by player, position by position. We did about what, an hour and a half, hour and 45 going through everybody. But tonight we're going to do more quick hits. So I'll start asking you, as always, you know, we like to start with the quarterbacks. Did any quarterback pull away from the pack in this senior bowl event or in any all-star game? Yeah, I thought, I thought we saw Malik Willis kind of come out as the guy, uh, so to speak. Uh, he's, you know, the, the athleticism we always knew, but the arm talent, um, I thought was a little more on display this week with guys that are, are prospects at his level. I mean, we're talking about guys that are going to go day one and day two, um, that were at the combine and, and playing behind a line that was actually, I mean, I think the offensive lines were probably the best thing there. Um, and so to see Willis come out and perform like he did, um, I think there's some definite question marks about his, his accuracy, but with with how good of an athlete he is, I think he's gonna be on that like Jalen Hurts spectrum, right? Where where you got a guy that at worst can can make throws, um, and when he's hot, he's one of the better you know throwers in the league. When he's not, it's okay because he's such a good guy with the ball in his hands and able to make plays. Um, you know, as a as a guy that's probably a four or five ish athlete and so i think those two things you know really separated willis from the rest of the pack um, at the senior bowl so to you is he kind of like uh 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting a vibe where he falls kind of between Trey Lance and Jalen Hurts as a prospect. He's older coming out than Lance was. He's he he doesn't have the size. He he's uh, six feet tall instead of six foot three, but he has that athletic ability and he has that strong arm. And I think he's a better passer coming out of college than Hertz was. And so he's more uh, he's closer to Hertz in terms of size, but uh, I think better passer. So I think he fits in somewhere between those guys. When you wouldn't you say? Yeah, and I think, and and I know some people take this as a negative, but I think his like high end game could be a, a guy like a, a Dak Prescott, you know, where you look at him as a guy that can that can run consistently if needed, but uh, he could develop into that type of passer. Um, I think that's you know kind of the the best case scenario for him um i think he might have a better arm than dak but just from uh you know an all-around game if that's where he ends up i don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing that's not that's not a bad thing no but i think he definitely has a, a stronger arm than than prescott but uh so so dak was a fourth round pick and came along you know they were able to to construct the offense in such a way that it kind of hit his warts early on, and then he really uh, came into his own as his career went on. So I think that's what Philly and Philly fans are hoping happens with Hurts. So that's kind of, I guess that's kind of your hope for, for Willis. And he ha- he comes in with, I think, better physical tools as a runner and a, re- and a uh, passer than either of those two guys. But you still have... Uh, you know, it's a guy who only started for two years. He started at Liberty, which was a, an FBS independent. He did get recruited at Auburn, but Auburn didn't really want him at quarterback at first. So that's one of the reasons why he transferred. So you've got a prospect here that's very imperfect. So I, I agree with you. He's He's kind of pulling away from the pack here. But I think that speaks more about the pack than about how Malik Willis did at the Senior Bowl. Because I think he, he did okay. But I think everybody else, I don't think anyone else did very well at all. I, I just think it's a it's a mediocre quarterback class. And I think uh, we're going to talk more about this on the Patreon show this week as we get into to hot takes that are coming out of the Senior Bowl. But I, I think that there were a lot of people kind of straining, kind of bending over backwards to try and make this quarterback class a thing. And I just don't think it is. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think you're seeing that. And, and I, you know, I like, I, I've said I like Matt Corral, but I can also tell you exactly what his issue is and, and where he might be, be a concern. And it's, you know, his style of play is incredibly reckless. And it's all RPO. It's all RPO. And and we didn't get to see Corral against these other guys. Yeah, and and he's been nicked up already. So, you know, he's not he's not a thicker guy like a like a Willis or, or a Dak or, you know, even I mean, even a Kyler Murray, he's he's a little bit leaner than those guys. And he and he plays with that similar like frenetic 
chaotic mm-hmm. style, and I think that's a big issue. He's going to come in a little bit like a, a little taller uh, Manziel in terms of size, right? But he's not going to have that same level of athleticism. Correct, and so those are the things you look at for for him. Um, but yeah, I think I mean I think we saw that Willis was the top guy at the at the Senior Bowl, um, and, and that he's got a chance to be a good um, starting quarterback in the NFL. I think if you want to take a quarterback in the first round. And this, I think this isn't anything new to people who've been listening to us all season long. They know that I've been a proponent of Willis because of the physical tools. So if you, if you must, he's an, an if you must quarterback. If you must take a quarterback in the first round, Malik Willis is the guy you, you probably want to uh, do the most homework on, do the most due diligence. And if you're satisfied with him when you talk to him, which, you know, I think he has shown great leadership. He's a player who uh, carried his college team. And if you're satisfied with that and you, you have um, an idea that he can grow these physical tools and, and refine them and, and turn himself into a uh, NFL starting quarterback, he's the guy you want because I don't think anybody else in this class has that kind of upside. And I, I think he's, you know, it, it, it's going to be hard – for me to think of an area where somebody's going to really like shine over him. He's at least even in every, you know, box that you check for a category uh, for a quarterback other than height and everything else. Like he's going to have the strong arm. He's got the better athleticism. He's good. He's a winner and he's a player who was, he was good enough to be recruited by an SEC team. Uh, you know, I, but again, <clears throat> this is, it's almost like damning with faint praise because it's it's the class that stinks. So Willis, I think it was easy for him to sh- to shine through because we already knew he had the the top tools in the class. When you look at the Senior Bowl, which running back would you do you think will be picked first? So that. The Senior Bowl had uh, a variety of running backs. You know, your guy from ASU, Rashad White, was there. We saw Tyler Beatty from Mizzou, who was, I think, second in the FBS in rushing this year. An undersized guy. We saw um, Abram Smith from Baylor, a guy who played linebacker in 2020. But... I got to go with the Bama guy. It was Brian Robinson Jr. He's going to be the the first running back out of the Senior Bowl crop that's picked, and that is because he's got the size. He, he came in two hundred twenty five pounds. He's five eleven, six feet tall. He looks the part. He can catch the ball. He gets the Bama boost, and he was the best pass protecting running back there. So you have this crop of running backs. They're mostly going to be kind of rotational backs and maybe spot starters, right? So Brian Robinson, he gives you that pass protection. Well, that gets him on the field early in his career. You know he can catch the ball. Um, 
you look at like Smith, for example, we talked about how tiny his hands were, and then that kind of showed up in the practices. He had some trouble catching the ball. So to me, Brian Robinson, he's going to be the first running back picked out of this uh, senior bowl group. And I will say he, 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 he's going to go in a third round, and there's going to be a few uh, uh, underclassmen that we haven't seen yet that are going to go ahead of him. I'm going to go slightly different. I'm going to stick with Bama backs, but I'm going to go with the Bama transfer, um, Jerome Ford. And I think Ford, we talked about him quite a bit. He was, you know, a record-setting back for Cincy, helped lead them to the the first, you know, group of five uh, inclusion in the college football playoffs, I think he's going to be the guy um, in in the third round to go. Um, you know, he's he's dynamic in both the run and pass game. Um, and and he's a guy that, you know, even even in a tough game against against a great team, he still was able to put numbers up, um, you know, in that college football playoff. So I think I think he's going to be the guy. Yeah, interesting name that you bring up because he was there and um, he had a year eligibility left, but he, he had graduated. Um, but the, the thing was, he had to duck out after a week of practice. So, yeah. or I'm sorry, after one after day. Of one, day right. one day. Yeah. So, so I kind of cheated, but, you know, he was technically there. No, I don't, and... I don't think he cheated. I, I just think that's, uh, for, for some reason, he was nicked up and he didn't continue. And the one thing you have about Ford is, yes, they did go to the same, at one point they were on the same college roster, Robinson and Ford. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Robinson was actually the higher recruit. But Ford probably has the better speed. He, he has the better straight line speed. Um, the broadcast crew, if you watched ESPN, they, they touched on Robinson. They think he, they were estimating that he probably runs like a 4'6". And, uh, or that he would have run a four six had he come out last year. I think he did himself a favor coming back, taking taking advantage of that extra year, because it, it didn't hurt him too much like age wise. But I I agree with the broadcast crew on ESPN that he slimmed down, and I think he picked up a little bit of burst. But I don't think he's you know Ford is probably going to be faster. So I think that's where the competition lies. It's it's going to be one of these two guys being the first uh, back out of this crop. I don't think it's going to be Abram Smith or Beatty. Those guys, <clears throat> excuse me, scream uh, day three to me. So uh, I think if somebody's going to sneak into that third round, that latter stage of, of day two, it's going to be one of these two. So, I'll, you know, we'll have a little friendly wager. I'll go Robinson, you go Ford. One of the guys, or one of the positions that was really strong at the Senior Bowl was wide receiver. Um, are we going to see a first-round wide receiver from the Senior Bowl? And if so, are we going to count it since he didn't show up? <laughs> no, I mean, we're not counting anybody that didn't show up. Anybody that, you know, so if, if you're talking about uh, guys that were invited that declined, like Chris Olave or guy that accepted but then didn't ultimately follow through like Jahan Dotson those guys don't count 
We're talking about guys that were there. And so the short answer is no. There won't be a first-round receiver coming out of the Senior Bowl. But we're going to talk about some takes about that on our Patreon show this this week. What do you think? Yeah, I was going to say the only way somebody gets in is if you count Dotson to me. Um, and I think it's fair if you don't count him. So, you know. Because no, he, uh, he didn't come at all. I mean, you might as well count Olave. Right. And so, you know, Dotson didn't skip out of practice or do anything like that. He just, he accepted and then no showed. <laughs> or I shouldn't say that. He backed out. Uh, but yeah, he never showed up during the week. So he was really the only right, right. Guy. It wasn't like he, uh, it wasn't like they were waiting for him and then he just didn't arrive. He, right. he did communicate it. So, um, it's funny because and that brings back memories of the old, uh, Phil Savage senior bowls where he would take it personally and then like stand up there in front of all the scouts and be like, and basically tell everybody which eight players decided at the last minute they didn't want to go and just, and he would just crap on them. <laughs> Is the top tight end in the 2022 NFL draft, was he in well, Mobile? Before we get to tight end, I want to ask you like, so of the receivers that were there, which one is going to be the first one picked? Who this? I don't know, man. This is a tough one. Um, All right, so I, I'm sorry I put you on the spot, but no, I'm going to no, go with uh, Calvin Austin from okay. Memphis, and that's because yes, he's the smallest guy there, five seven, one seventy three, but I I completely believe in his speed, and it's going to be sub four four. Easily, he we know he ran sub four four out of high school, so we're hearing anywhere between four two four to four three four for this guy, and he was open all week. Nobody could cover him. Um, if it was, if he had better quarterbacks there, you would have seen even more of of Calvin Austin on the highlight reels. So I think he's going to go out there. He's going to be at the combine. He's going to run, you know, in the four threes. Could be high four threes. Either way, it doesn't matter because uh, that you we've seen guys like uh, Hollywood Brown, very small, go in the first round, have some success. Calvin Austin, group of five, he's gonna they're gonna be able to draft him a little later, but it's still gonna be early day two, and uh, I think he's gonna be the first one off the board from the Senior Bowl. I'm gonna go Alec Pierce. Um, Interesting. I, th- I think Pierce. Had a good week. He showed the type of athlete he is and the type of receiver he is. Um, so I think it'll – I, you know, I kind of want to jump on the Watson bandwagon, but I'm going to go production over athleticism. And we'll, <clears throat> we're going to talk more about Watson too on that hot take uh, uh, Patreon episode. So – Okay, let's uh, – yeah. Would you ask me about tight ends? Was the top tight end in the draft at Mobile? <clears throat> in one way or another, I think I think he was. But the question is, who who's he going to be? And we might have said going in that it was Trey McBride from Colorado State. And even now, if you look at some of the bigger sites – they're probably still sticking with that take. Uh, but I, 
talked about it on Rise Up Sea Red with you and Jess Root. I think that uh, McBride fell a little bit short because of the weigh-in. He came in at 6'3", 249. And that might not seem like a big deal, but 6'3", with uh, 32 and change inch arms. So you're talking about H-back size. So now, is this an, uh, you know, is this an, an Aaron Hernandez type of athlete? No, he's not. So then, um, how early does an H-back go? It usually goes, you know, we're usually talking third or fourth round for a player with his stature and his athleticism. I don't think he's going to blow anyone away at the combine. This is a guy, he doesn't look like, even whether you watch him on tape at Colorado State or on the Senior Bowl tape, he doesn't look like a guy who's uh, pulling away, you know, athletically. He's, he's a decent athlete, but is he a better athlete than like Harrison Bryant, for example, from uh, uh, Florida Atlantic, who went, who's with the Browns right now? He went in the fourth round. So I think that, that the uh, tight end won, and we'll qualify this, we don't think there's going to be a tight end in the first round. I think the tight end one might be a dark horse, someone like a Jeremy Ruckert who came in at 6'5", 250, who is going to test well athletically, who was underused at Ohio State, but who looked like he could easily get open uh, against the type of defenders that are going to be guarding a tight end at least as it was at the Senior Bowl. So I, I'm going to say the tight end one was indeed at the Senior Bowl, and it it's going to be Jeremy Ruckert in the second or third round. Yeah, I'm interested to see what people think of McBride. Um, the other guy I'm kind of interested in is, we and we talked about him on the, the podcast the other night, was Jake Ferguson because mm-hmm. – He's a little more productive than Rucker has been, but I think he's not as good of an athlete. Um, he's not so as big either. Yeah, I mean, they're close. They're 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 close. Um, I love Ferguson. I, I think, but I, he never broke out the way I wanted him to. Neither did Ruckert, for that matter. But is that a product of these two um, offenses, right? Yeah, and that's what the question becomes. So I think. You know, it'll be interesting to see how how this plays out because I don't know if there is a true, um, like, tight end one. I think it may end up being based upon the the needs and how, like, that falls in this draft. The combine's going to be big for this position, too, because if you have somebody who stands out as an athletic freak then um, that could that could uh, supplant like all the other things that you know about these guys. So Rucker, for example, like in Ferguson, for that matter, they, they came up in offenses where they were required to be able to block. Now that doesn't mean they're exceptional blockers, but they do know how to like get get to a target and get contact and. You know, both of them can can work a little harder to to uh, sustain those blocks, but they both have that quality. They they can do it, and they get better at it, right? But is there going to be some tight end that that uh, has freakish athleticism that's just going to 
vault some of these guys. I don't I don't see that from this class. I like this class a lot. It's deep, but it's deep from rounds like late round two through the end of the draft. To me, there's no there's no superstar. It's certainly there's no Kyle Pitts um, no. that's going to electrify. You know, there's no you know well-rounded freak uh, like Gronk. I mean, it's ridiculous to to even think that there's no steal like that. But Rucker was remember he was a very highly touted recruit. And in uh, 2020, surprisingly, he was Ohio State's third uh, receiver. You know, he was their third leading receiver. He only had like 13 catches, though. (laughs) Uh, So he actually had more production this year. But uh, it just it's it's an offense that doesn't use tight ends a lot. Uh, But he is a player size and athleticism wise where I think he can kind of leapfrog a lot of these guys if he has a good combine. Are you buying or selling the week Trevor Penning had? Okay, so I don't want to sound like a hater, but so much of of the hype around Trevor Penning was the one-on-ones where he got rough with people and he was throwing them down, right? He's grabbing them and throwing them down. Okay, sometimes in a game that's going to get called for a hold. It's going to get called for some kind of penalty. Um, Other times he he, uh, had a legit block and then he would rough the guy up at the end. So um, I think he read the room correctly. And by that I mean... What are the internet scouts? What are the people on TV going to talk about? It's kind of like how Quinn Miners wore a midi uh, midriff shirt last year. You know, um, he knew people were going to talk about that. And penning his midriff shirt this year was kind of roughing guys up at the end of the play. And so he was mixing it up and... I think I thought it was kind of unnecessary because you're in an all-star situation and there should be some kind of camaraderie there where you don't want to get each other hurt. And I, I thought he was playing with a little bit of reckless abandon. I'm not saying he was trying to hurt anybody, but he wasn't not trying to hurt anybody. He was trying to show that he was kind of a dirtbag and uh, that's fine. You know, we like uh, offensive linemen that, that have edge. But I don't think that's enough to propel him into the top 10 like some people want to do. So I looked at some of the mocks with, with Trevor Penning and uh, Lance Erland. Lance Erland had him going around 20th overall. Um, PFF has him like offensive tackle five. And I think... One of their guys had him 28th overall. I'm okay with Penning going in the latter third of the first round because as we've talked about with uh, Northern Iowa guys, like he's going to be a, a, a good athlete. He's going to, he's, he's a big tall guy with long arms. He's going to run a five second 40. But some of the stuff that we were seeing last week was he's a top 10 player. No way. 
Yeah, that was an interesting take. Um, when you talk about reading the room, too, look at the – I mean, he was on the national team with Robert Sala and, and the New York Jets. They like to – you know, Sala comes from the 49ers. They like to be – they like to be rough. They like to be physical. And then, of course, you've got Dan Campbell, who's known. So, like you said, he he was yep. he was yeah. reading reading the room. He he understood what the assignment was this week. Well, um, and and, th- and yeah, that's a great take, uh, Seth. Because I was thinking like what the media guys like, but you just hit the nail on the head because you're talking about like playing to the style of the coaches. Certainly, he rubbed a lot of the players the wrong way. Uh, not his fellow linemen, but the the guys on the other side of the ball. Um, but good take because uh, that could pop him into the top fifteen. Uh, I just wouldn't agree with it, you know, from a talent standpoint. You know, and I think with him, like you said, he's he's going to test well. He's going to be an athletic guy because he's at one of those institutions that pumps out athletic guys. So. It'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I think he's still a, a. I think the Cardinals are his ceiling, if that makes sense. So they're picking twenty three. I, mm-hmm. I see that kind of as his ceiling, um, which I mean, I don't think would be a bad thing either. I mean, they need somebody that's going to be a little nasty on, on the offensive line. Um, and I'll I'll say this about Penning. You know, a couple of years ago, Mackay Becton was getting a ton of hype, and I just, you know, I just didn't really see it. Uh, one of the things was he's just like this mountain of a guy. And I always have a, a question mark of whether the guys that big uh, height and weight can can hang at left tackle. Penning actually, he's he's tall, but he has kind of more like that basketball build. So he is a guy who, you know, the body type, the athleticism does suggest he could hang at left tackle. He's got to overcome that uh, competition jump, you know, going from FCS, going up to the NFL. But I think that's kind of what he was trying to prove this week. And, you know, from that standpoint, even if I didn't really like the way he went about it, I think he, he kind of did prove that he can hang. Yeah, he proved he's a tough guy and that that's not a, afraid to, you know, knock heads. And, I mean, like you said, it's not – the best way to go about it, but it's also... I know, I sound like a stuffed shirt, like uh, yeah, crusty old Dean. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are an old man. Get off <laughs> Get off your lawn. Um, Perry and Winfrey, MVP of the game. Um, I wanted to look. There's a site that kind of tracks where these guys were going. I wish I could remember what it was now. But, yeah, I, is he a guy that you think is going to go? Yeah, here it is. Okay. So, before before the Senior Bowl, mock drafts had him late first, early second. Now you're seeing him, I, I see him as high as 17 in these mock drafts. Um. Is is he a lock for the first round now? Okay. Uh, it's funny because I wrote this question. Is he a lock for the first round? Um, no, he's not. But I think he should be. 
because what I don't understand is what why isn't he appearing in the in more first round mocks right now after the week he had last week. He's got the size, he's got the arm length, and he has on tape. He was one of the only guys beating some of the interior offensive linemen that were holding their own against everybody else. And in a league where we're looking for uh, interior pass rush, Perrin Winfrey is showing that he's that type of guy. He's also got those type of statistics in his final year at Oklahoma. So he should be a lock for the first round. If you're looking for a, a defensive tackle who can get after the quarterback, who can make sacks, who can uh, get pressures, who can get tackles for loss. He's one of the only guys in this class who's shown that he can do it on tape and in the senior bowl. And uh, PFF, as far as I could tell today, still had him at 85 overall, which would put him in, in like the third round range. So, you know, if you're looking for a defensive uh, tackle, are you looking for a nose tackle? Then Winfrey's not your guy because he's he's a guy who's trying to he he is trying to jump the snap, but he's also got the length and uh, the athleticism where he can get in there and and make a play. So uh, I I guess my my confusion is why aren't people are why aren't more people jumping on this? Like this is a guy who uh, I think established himself as a first-round type of prospect. And I think uh, people are still being hesitant to, to call him that. Yeah, I think he's a lock for the first round. I think he's a guy that's going to end up going uh, in that. I call it the the kind of sweet spot for that the secondary um, defensive players. And that's, that's a guy like Winfrey. That's a guy like... Um, Jermaine Johnson, that's a guy, you know, uh, a guy like, uh, oh, who's the other edge player? Um, Boye Mafe. Yeah, like a Boye Mafe. Like, that's where those guys end up because they end up being um, guys that there are question marks, but their upside is so is so high and their floor isn't terrible. Right. And, and, you know, with uh, some of these guys, we're going to have to see how the combine goes. Right. So Winfrey, he's a Juco guy. He came to Oklahoma just the last couple of years. He looks the part athletically. I think he's going to be fine athletically. Uh, so maybe that's part of the hesitation with some of the draft nicks to like bump him up into the first round or they don't want to be, you know, it's weird because they will be prisoners of the moment for a number of other positions, but for one reason or another, it won't be for, for this guy at defensive tackle. Um, but there's more of a comfort level when you talk about Mafe or some of these uh, defensive ends, because we have some athleticism, some background, on them because of either the opening, their performance at the opening, or from like a Bruce Feldman freaks list, or in some cases both. So it makes people more comfortable to make that jump, make that, uh, give that hot take. 
And with Winfrey, we're kind of guesstimating. But you could see it's there. The athleticism. I know we, we're we wary of like snap jumpers going back to like Jarrell Worthy coming out of Michigan State about 10 years ago. But uh, Winfrey's a bigger, taller, longer guy with production. So I'm not too worried that, that he's going to test like a slug or something like that. Biggest winner of the week. Uh, for me, it's Winfrey and Boye Mafe. I mean, it, it's a. I don't have to even think too much about that. Um, we're for two years we've been looking for an interior defensive lineman that that could possibly become a you know penetrator, a pass rusher. Winfrey looks like he's that guy. Mafe uh, coming off the edge. You know, both guys had two sacks in the game, and and won uh, game awards for that. So. You can kind of, to me, it's like uh, like an Odafe Owe effect when it comes to Mafe. Like he's he's going to go in the late first round, and I think Winfrey's going to go in the mid to late first round because of positional value and, and the type of production, type of pass rush you can get from him. For me, I'm going to go the other side, and I'm going to go with uh, Zion Johnson. I thought there were some questions he needed to answer. You know, we talked about him beforehand um, with with the fact that he was, uh, you know, a small school transfer to Boston College, played really well at Boston College for two years. And now you kind of, you know, you but you wanted to see him again. And I thought he was probably the best offensive lineman at the at the Senior Bowl. Um, and you talked about it. He was doing some work as a center as well. And all of a sudden, if you're a guy that has the ability to, you know, play two positions that, you know, or, or move to center as, as you get a little, um, you know, as you, grow as a player i think that's a huge thing for him um especially with his size and length and and the way he plays like he could end up being a a, you know a very good center in the nfl so i i thought i thought zion came out played extremely well and and ended up having a great week definitely he's he's a good call um you know i think that's ultimately going to be the strength of this offensive line class is interior offensive line. It just might take a couple of years for us to get there because some of the guys might get tried at uh, tackle first. Um, that kind of rolls me into our biggest disappointment. And, you know, it'd be easy for me to just blanket blanketly say the quarterbacks, but I, I've already kind of harped on that and I don't want to beat that drum. So I'll go with that. Uh, Daniel Falele from Minnesota. And it's not that he was a disappointment to me. It's that he was a disappointment to the people who didn't listen to us <laughs> heading into this. Uh, I think I, I think he struggled on the outside. I don't think that there's any way around that. I, I think he showed that he just doesn't have the, uh, the foot quickness. And he's a little too big to be out there on an island unless you have 
a really specific type of power scheme where he can play right tackle. And a guy I mentioned on uh, the Rise Up Sea Red podcast was like Phil Lodeholt. And when when uh, Minnesota had that offense and, and Lodeholt was just like tasked with being a road grader out there, that's that's one thing. But, you know, this is uh, a passing league, and I don't think you can count this guy at right tackle. So you got to move him to guard, and then you have um, a quarterback who, you know, unless you have Josh Allen – He's not going to be able to see over this guy. And so you've got a dilemma here. Uh, you want a 6'9 guard? I think he's kind of in a tough spot. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, Falalele was disappointing to say the least. Um, you know, but he he wasn't the only guy this week that that didn't show out like we were hoping, uh, you know, I thought we, I thought we were going to see a little more from the quarterbacks. You know, we, we discussed it a little earlier. Um, I thought we were going to see a little more from the running backs as well. Uh, but, you know, if I, if I just kind of go through all of the, all of the positions, all the players and, and, you know, who disappointed the most man that's tough um to go not follow Lele, right like i you know i i don't think anybody else had a had a week where you're like oh they didn't belong um well you mentioned pierce uh, i you know i was a little bit disappointed in alec pierce i wanted to see a little bit more of that athleticism but like you said, like he was okay, he was fine, and um, you know I'll go with his teammate Majay Sanders. He weighed in small, uh, which we talked about last week, two hundred forty-two pounds. But then he he played pretty well. So it it is. I agree with you. It's tough to find a disappointment who's not a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, we're we're bashing the quarterbacks. I'm sorry, yeah. but and and, um, and I will or, say, or I, yeah, and I was a little disappointed. I'll say too in the the kid from uh, uh, Central Michigan, Bernard Raymond, because okay, yeah, he had been he had been getting first round talk, and I thought he, he still is. Yeah, and I thought that he showed that he wasn't a first rounder coming out. Like mm-hmm. that that would be kind of the other guy, but again, like. I don't think Falalele or or uh, Bernard Raymond were are bad. I just think that they were being overhyped coming in. Yeah, I agree. And you know, if you if you can get Falalele in the range where the uh, Ravens took Orlando Brown, which is in the third round. You won't be complaining about that. You'll be able to find a, a spot for him, especially if you get the team fit that Orlando Brown got coming out of Oklahoma with one of the worst combines that you can imagine, right? Um, Raymond is going to be a player who I think he's going to he's going to be a more athletic guy than Falele, at least in, in terms of just raw numbers in terms of testing. But he's twenty. He's going to be twenty five years old, and so 
you know, you have to, you have to gauge how much upside you think he still has. Anything else before we get out of here? No, we normally have a hot take, but we are saving the hot takes for the patrons this week, uh, which basically we're just doing only hot takes on the Patreon episode. So come over, subscribe. Uh, these episodes are probably going to come out like back to back. Uh, we'll probably do uh, Thursday for the uh, free one because uh, I was sick this week, so we didn't get this out earlier in the week, and then we'll probably get Friday for the patrons. So come and subscribe. Um, it's just two bucks a month, and you'll get a full like half hour, forty five minutes, just nothing but hot takes this week. And uh, frankly, those might be the most fun shows that we do. Yep, that'll be it from us this week. We appreciate you guys listening, as always. And as Justin said, we'll be back later this week to get you the, your fill of those hot takes so you can uh, so you can enjoy the Senior Bowl as we did when we discussed some of these. I don't want to say absurd, but there could be some absurdities coming uh, later this week. So make sure you make sure you subscribe and, and tune in. Have a good night, everybody. We need to do an outro at some point. Just something kind of what I hear in other shows is where they're like, uh, you know, uh, subscribe and give us a five star review. Sign up for our Patreon. It's two dollars a month for our bonus episodes. Four dollars a month for all additional content. Something like that. Yeah, we should work on something like that. That could be it right a, there. A read. Yeah, that's it. Right yeah. Exactly. <laughs>